And, and my prayer is that you experience God in your life today as you need to. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. This last day of 2023 that we get to come together and worship and praise God, why not let it be different any other Sunday in 2023 as we go into 24? Why, why do we have to be the same? We don't. But you know who needs to be different? Not God, not the Holy Spirit. That would be us. That would be us to be more receptive and more open to listening to the voice of God in our life, to listening and receiving and then put into action what He's told us to do. When we come to worship and praise God, that means we actually worship and praise God, not just mouth some words on a, on a screen, on a wall, but we actually get into that time of praise and worship. When we come here in corporate worship, that means something, that our praises go up and go forth to God. When we come here and listen to the Word of God together, that means that we grow in our hearts and in our lives and our faith is, is, is moved and grown in our lives to where we can go out from here and live and be who God called us to be each and every day. That's what it means when we come here to worship and praise in spirit and truth as Jesus told us to. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I don't need y'all to be quiet on New Year's Eve. Because I'm sure there's probably a couple in here that New Year's Eve's tonight. And I pray that you're safe on your New Year's Eve, whatever y'all do tonight as a family. I pray that you don't go out and do nothing stupid. You're at church this morning, okay? Don't ask forgiveness now for what you're going to do later. It don't work that way. So... But most people, if you're up, I will probably not be up at midnight tonight. But I can remember when I was younger and doing that, you go outside and shoot fireworks, you'd be loud at midnight, right? So we, why come into church on New Year's Eve and just sit here? I'm saving it for tonight. No, we can thank God now because the same God will be there tonight is here now. And so we can worship and praise Him and be loud now and say amen and, and be into the church service as we're here now, just as you will tonight. But again, I hope and pray, and me and Gabby do, that you have a wonderful and safe New Year's and that it's filled with just blessings of God and that, that you see yourself grow in your spiritual life, your family grows, your life grows, and that you can go into this next year with a purpose and a plan that not first and foremost, most we know that New Year's resolutions will be made and broken. Your relationship with God is not a New Year's revolution. 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 Your relationship with God, your time in the Word should not be a New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is I'm going to spend more time in prayer. That's great. That's wonderful, and I hope that you do. But it needs to be more than a resolution. It needs to be a call unto God. It needs to be what He's already called you for that. There's no reason to make a resolution for what He's done called you to do. He's called you to spend time in His Word and in prayer and spend time with Him. But we need to set ourselves to that and be more than just our January 1st commitment that we break in two days because we forgot all of a sudden. All right. As Daddy talked about earlier, there are 21 days of prayer and fasting. I printed out um, this little handout that's on the back table back there. Um, I encourage you to get, if you, if you don't understand about fasting and prayer, we're going to talk about it more this morning, I promise. If you've never done it, if you've never, I've never fasted before. I don't know what it's all about. This, this is seven basic steps to successful fasting and prayer, okay, is what this is. I found this through Church of the Highlands website. <clears throat> and the, the, guys that wrote, the guy that wrote it is named Dr. Bill Bright. I've read it. He's done a good job with it. And, and it just goes through the, some basic steps that will help you understand as you prepare yourself to do this. 
as you go into this. So, so I encourage you to get this and, and read it. We encourage you to make this a serious time in your life these next 21 days to where you set your face toward God, to where you set your desires solely on Him. And then as that 21 days ends, you'll see yourself the 22nd day like, I want more of this. I need more. And, and so, and so that's, that's something that I feel like God has put in our heart that we need to do, that we need to um, take serious as we go into this next year. Why? Because we all need a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior. There's nobody in here that can say that I'm good. That, says, that can say that, that um, you know, I, I'm, I'm all right. I read a couple times a week. I pray every now and then. We'll talk more about prayer this morning again. So we all need this in our life. We all need this. And so it's, it's not, I'm not putting anybody on the spot. You need to pray. It's like I encouraged you last week and the week before. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to get rid of in your life where you can concentrate on Him as you need to. So, all right. Um, so don't forget our intercessor prayer at 940. And on Sunday mornings back here in the back, we have a good time of prayer before we come out here, we're edifying and lifting this service up, lifting you up, the needs up that have come forth and are known to us, and, and that's what it's about. Um, as you see on the screen, and you might see in your bulletin, I got to be here with a charter last night till like 9 o'clock because our modem went out. Um, so there's an, if you use the church Wi-Fi, there's a new Wi-Fi name and password, um, and that, that is there in your bulletin this morning. All right. Any other announcements right now? That I'm that I'm missing. Yes. It is. Right. Y'all remember that? He's posted up. So the story I heard, there's five ministers supposed to get ten minutes apiece, and he's one of them. Y'all believe that? Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> oh, me. All right. So as we pray this morning, you get ready to receive our offering this morning. Let's, let's receive our offering this morning. Yep. Amen. There is a, a couple of prayer requests that, that we want to mention for sure. Everybody, most everybody in here knows Miss Kathy Henson, um, that her husband, Dwayne, passed away yesterday morning in the hospital. So we want to remember her. She's at the funeral home right now uh, making plans and arrangements for the funeral. So we'll be letting people know when, uh, when that day is. She, she, I, she did ask, or I asked her if she would like to, for us to feed the family that day, and she she would love that. She wants that, and so we want to be able to do that and be a blessing to her because she's she's been coming for the past year or so, and, and as she can, and she helps, and she gives, and she does different things, and, and so um, she's just a sweet lady, and we want to be a blessing to her and her family while we can because, like I told her last night, she's one of us. She's part of our family, so we want to help her. So... I imagine hearing her talk yesterday, that might be a Tuesday, Wednesday time frame that will feed the family. So we want to uh, 
be sure that we're open and, and prepared to do that for her that day. So we'll be letting everybody know. Um, and then um, my grandson Tanner, so his great-grandmother, her name is Maggie Duncan. She is in the hospital with blood clots, um, pretty bad, and, and so they're worried about or concerned about doing surgery and, and the effects that that may have and what goes on with that. So remember Maggie Duncan as we pray this morning and then, um, then Kathy Henson and her family. Anything else just now before we pray? It is good to see Ginger back, yes. It is good to see after her. Got, she got that neck brace on. So Ron, Ron said she's, she's behaved and not mouthing off. She can't really do much. So now she won't answer your phone call. She won't answer mine if you call her. So you have to call Ronald to see how she is. She will dodge it, but I am glad to see her here this morning. Um, also, also um, be praying for, we've asked prayer before, but for my, my cousin Tim that's been here um, out in Arkansas, his wife Jane. She is um, still dealing with a lot of fluid that gets they have to drain off of her. How many pounds did he say Friday? 11 liters of fluid they had because her kidneys are not working. The doctor has given her a diagnosis of two years to live with her liver and kidneys failing like they are. So we, we believe that God, and we know they do also believe that God is the ultimate healer and can do miraculous work still in their life. So remember Jane Carroll this morning. All right, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day that we come here on this New Year's Eve. God, as we go into an, an, another calendar year, God, that we can come and worship and praise your holy name, that we can hear from your word today, Father. We can hear directly from you and let your Holy Spirit move in our life. And we thank you, God, that you're working and moving in the hearts and lives of all of us here this morning, the ones watching and listening. God, that you move in their hearts and lives today. God, that we draw closer to you, that we repent of our sins and our failures where, where we know we're wrong and we, we let go of those things. And God, we make you Lord of our life where you need to be once and for all and we keep you there. God, we just thank you as we go into starting tomorrow, the ones that, that will be participating in these 21 days of fasting and prayer. God, that we do this with our hearts and minds set directly to you, Father God. That we draw close to you during this time. That we, that we take this time serious and we, we leave of ourselves and our own wants and desires. And we focus on you, Father, because you sent Jesus to sacrifice it all for us. And God, we thank you that you're working and you're moving in our hearts and lives. God, we just bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Maggie Duncan, God, that you touch her this morning there in the hospital. That you're with the doctors and the, and the nurses. And, Father, they can make the right decisions. But, Father, more than that, God, we believe that she is healed right now in the name of Jesus. That those blood clots are gone and there won't have to be any procedures. We thank you for your hand on her. God, we thank you that you're with Jane this morning. God, that you touch her. We believe the same healing power that we just prayed over Maggie's. If we pray that same healing over her right now, God, that you touch her, that you heal her right now. And, God, that you bring life back to those kidneys and that liver in her body. And we thank you for it, Father. Be with Kathy Henson and her families. They're going through this time of loss today, Father, that you just touch. Minister to them, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the, the fact that we know that we got the word that Dwayne's heart was right with you and, we, and that 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 just brings us joy in that father that we know that he's in heaven with you this morning and we thank you god that you're working and you're moving in their lives father we just ask as we go on this time this morning again that we open up and we receive this morning what you have us to receive and god we just thank you for it and you bless this time of giving in jesus name 
Amen. Children can go to Children's Church. I remind Hallie that we will have communion before we leave today. So looking forward to that this morning. Amen. I do want to say again, and me and Gabby both, we, she echoes this. She's not here, but I know I can speak for her because we've talked about it that this has been a great and amazing year, I promise. As we go in, starting year number three as, as leaders, I guess, whatever you want to call it, pastors of Victory Fellowship Church, we, we love it. We're still enjoying it. We, we couldn't imagine doing anything else because if we did, we'd be doing it of ourselves and wouldn't be following the leading of our Savior. So that's, that's why we love it. That's why we do it. And, and so we just want to thank you for the wonderful work that y'all continue to do, each and every one of you, the effort you put in all the time, the things that we ask and the things that we do, and, and we thank you for it. It's been, it's been a great time, a great year. I will have some numbers next Sunday of, of what we have in the building fund and, and the money that we raise throughout the year through different fundraisers. I'll be, I'll be sure to have those numbers. I meant to today. And then had a bunch of other stuff I was trying to do and, and forgot to bring it up here. So, so we'll have those next Sunday for us to just praise God for. Because why? Because He's blessed and because you've worked and because you've sowed and because you've gave of your money and your time and your effort. And, and so God sees that and He's going to bless that, right? And so we're, we're hoping to go this next week. Um, you know, just we're going to take the plans, me or Daddy, one or both of us. Um, one day in the next couple of days up to Coram's building just to uh, get them to give us some numbers on carpet. We want to build out the fellowship hall. And so, you know, we believe in God that he's going to he's going to do things because we all we all love on Wednesday nights. We love our classes, but we all see how cramped we are back there also. Right. So and we all love the green carpet. That's right. I want to hear. Amen. Ginger. She loves the green carpet. So. But oh, it there over the past couple of years, especially with everything we got going on and have had going on, it has taken it's taking more of a beating over the past couple of years than it has in a long while. And so it's still good. There's some stains here and there, but but we want to get pricing on on new carpet and and the thing in the back that we want to build out. And so 2023 was exciting. We're believing for more exciting 2024 as we go into next year, right? We're believing for God to work and move throughout this, this assembly as we meet together for, for us to grow more in, in number, greater in number. But it's like I've said before, I want you to grow more spiritually in your relationship and stronger in your relationship with Jesus. Because if you're not, if you're not, then, you know, I'm not, I've, I need to reevaluate myself. Maybe I'm not feeding you the word that I need to. But I feel like, as much as I pray and, and dive in that I'm giving you what God wants you to hear for, the, for now, then it's up to you to take that and do something with it. 
I know Daddy's got raised garden beds over there. If he just threw some seed in it and didn't do nothing with it, then nothing would grow, would it? So it's up to him every day to go out there when it's warm out to take the cover off the top of those raised garden beds to let the sun in, to get the weeds out. Just as it's your job when you hear the Word of God sown as it is today to open up and let that thing grow. To get all these weeds out. And that's what the part of this 21 days of fasting, of prayer and fasting can do. It'll help get those things out of your life that don't need to be there. It'll help take those things away that, that are hindering you in your walk with Christ. And so that's, that's our main goal with this. So we're excited for this time. We, we love this and we love doing this. And, and so we, again, we thank you for all that you do, for all that you've done, and, and for all that, that is coming up. Um, I know Keisha texts me. The other day, she said, hey, how about chocolate-covered strawberries for Valentine's Day? I was like, sure, if that's what you want to do. And so that, everybody loves that, and, and so it's a, good, it's a good thing. It's a good fundraiser. Me and you can buy your wives chocolate-covered strawberries. Um, girlfriends, you can do that. They ain't that much. So, and you can make them with love, Drew. <laughs> you won't want any by the time you get through making all of them. That's right. That's right. So, well, all right. Who's ready to get into the Word this morning? Amen? Amen. Give God a hand. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, so as we said, as you saw on the screen and you see here, we're going to talk about prayer and fasting this morning. We'll talk about those things. And I want to remind you again, get the handout in the back that will help you understand this thing better. Because I'll be honest, through all my years, you know, of, of being under the leadership of David Carroll as pastor, you know, there, we never much set a time. And why are we doing this now? You know, because I feel like God's called us to this now, okay? I've seen him before take, you know, week at a time and go back, you know, we're all eating supper and he's back in his room praying. And not eating supper. And and so he didn't he didn't get up here and brag about it. And that's not what it's about, as we're gonna read this morning. You going into these twenty one days is not for you to go to work, you know, whenever you go back tomorrow or Tuesday, and your time that you've said is lunchtime and people say, Hey, let's go get something to eat. Oh no, no, I am I am fasting. It's not what it's about. It's not so you can look more holy to everybody else. It's it's a time as we're gonna read what Jesus said for you to do between you and God. Because fasting is about drawing closer to God. That's what it's about. But we can't have fasting without prayer. Because if you try to fast on your own, you're just doing some diet. There's diets out there called intermediate fasting, where you don't eat for so many hours a day and all this kind of stuff. And it works great. And I want to encourage you, that's not what this is about. Don't think, oh, I can do this 21-day fast and it'll spark my diet plan. You're going about it wrong. It's not about you physically. Sure, you can shed some things in your life, the cookies, the snacks, the drinks, the different things that are, that are making you not be able to stay on your diet plan as you need to, right? Because I promise this, this week and next week coming up, Planet Fitness, Red X, Hartzell Fitness, they love this time of year. Love it. Because there's going to be all kind of new memberships. All kind of. And they're going to last about two days. Maybe, may, some of them maybe three weeks. 
maybe. I mean, I've been telling you, I've gave them my money for 10 years. I just sow into their ministry all the time and keep sowing every month my monthly donation check. Bo and JJ go up there and work all the weights out. I just, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. But do what? Right, right. Or you could be like, like Brad. He told me a couple weeks ago, he said, I'm fasting. My fast is going to be not going to the gym. I was like, well, you can't fast what you're already not doing. It don't work that way. As we go into this, don't think of the easiest thing that I can get rid of in my life. I, I don't, you know, you say, well, I don't eat salads or I don't go to the gym, so I'm just not going to do that. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's about, part of this is denying yourself your fleshly pleasures in your life to where you can be in tune with the Word of God, to where you can be more in tune with the Holy Spirit in your life. Why? Because you don't have these other distractions. It's like Daddy said a while ago, maybe it's social media in your life. Maybe it's, you know, you get aggravated at looking at somebody's posts. That's, how about just don't? Don't. Everybody, if you got an iPhone, you can, you can hold on to that app. You can, you can say my Facebook app. I can press on it right there, and it says delete app. Delete app. You know what that does when I delete that app? I don't delete my account with Facebook. People can still say stuff. I don't see it when I pull my phone up. So I'm not tempted to go to it. It's just that simple. And it, and it may be other things in your life. It may be whatever it is physically that's keeping you from doing what you're supposed to with God. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Now, will you face the same temptations during this 21 days as you did before? Yes. Yes, probably even more. Why? Because Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness by the devil while he fasted and prayed. So if you think that you're not going to get tempted because you're not Jesus, well, trust me, you're going to get tempted because you're not Jesus. And Jesus didn't give in to any temptation, did he? And, and so whenever we say the word fasting... It can startle people. It has me in my own life in the past. <sighs> fast. I don't want to fast. I don't feel like God's calling me to fast. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what Mark wants to do. People say, I don't want to fast. What is, what is that? I can't do all that. And so it startles people when they hear the word fast. Prayer is okay because, you know, sometimes we think a prayer is, hey, God, help me today, forgive me today. Help my family today. Hey, we'll see you later. They think that's prayer. That's kind of, kind of prayer. You said something, God bless this food in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you said a blessing. That's, that's, that's a prayer, but is that good enough? No, it's not. It's not good enough. And so I heard this the other day, and I, I, I wrote it down. So if there's errors in your life, that are keeping you from being who you're supposed to be with God, then that's called disobedience. Right. And did you realize that partial disobedience is disobedience? So just a little bit of disobedience in, in what God's told you to do and what God's called you to do or the sin you're trying to live in is still sin. It's still disobedience. Just as a little bit of lying. There's no such thing as a white lie, a good lie. A lie is a lie, right? Just a sin is a sin. So disobedience in your life is still disobedience. Just a little bit of it is still disobedience, and we need to get rid of it. So 
we, we should, we got to pray before we fast. That's why we encouraged everybody to spend time in prayer and ask what God have, would have you to do during this time. It may be one thing, it may be multiple things. It may be, you know, instead of eating breakfast, that, that you spend that time in the Word of God and ask Him for, for strength and help till you get to the next meal. Not complain about it. Just get breath. I'm so hungry right now. Oh, I can't wait to lunch. Come on, 11 o'clock. Come on now. And that's, I promise when you do this, if that's, what, if that's the time you do it, whatever time you do, and if it's food that you're fasting, you're going to have those thoughts. You're going to have those thoughts. Then you know what you can do whenever you have those thoughts? Let's read. Let's read right here what we do whenever we have those thoughts. I'm skipping ahead just a little bit, and we'll get back to uh, prayer in just a second. Too many pages. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. And we'll probably read this again. But remember I said that, that you will be tempted probably more during these 21 days if you set yourself to do this by the devil because he does not want you to be stronger in your relationship with Jesus. He does not want you to know the power that you have living on the inside of you. He does not want you to be closer to God. He does not. He don't want you to realize the power of the Holy Spirit that can work and move in your life if you set everything else aside. So He's going to tempt you even more than what He was. But He did Jesus. He said in Luke 4 and 1, Then Jesus, Jesus the Son of God, the one that died for us, the same one, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how you feel with the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit come into my life. It, and, and it doesn't take you speaking in other tongues. It doesn't take you flopping on the floor or falling out. Any of that. Dancing around the room. We've talked about it this past year. The power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in your life, He was filled with the Holy Spirit, not just because He's Jesus, but it was because He was Jesus. Because He submitted Himself to the Holy Spirit and the calling that God had on His life. So the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in you. Alright. Returned from Jordan and was led by this same Holy Spirit into the wilderness. For why? Why? Why was He led to the wilderness? Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days by the devil. Is that, is that how we read that? Is that what your Bible says also? I'm just making sure. So, you're, so our thought right there is, so the Holy Spirit's going to lead me out to be tempted? No, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you out to look at Him and to look to Him and to concentrate yourself to Him. But you're going to be tempted while you do it. Get that through your head. You're going to be tempted while you do it. There's nothing that says that you won't be tempted. Well, what if I fail? What if you do? Then you get up and you ask for repentance and you start over. But why? Because you're not Jesus. There's only one that didn't sin and that was Jesus. So we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we all can come to that point in our life where we know we need repentance and we call on His name and He will forgive us of our sins and we repent and we come back up and say, right, I'm setting my eyes on you. I'm not looking to the left or right. I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on you, what you called me to do. At the whole time, the devil's like, no, you ain't got it. You can't do it. You're worthless. You're a piece of junk. You've all this stuff you've done in your past. It doesn't matter. 
That's what he's telling you the whole time. I'm not good enough to fast. God's not going to hear me. God's not going to do this. All the excuses come. All the things come. Well, I'll start tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll, I'll say this tomorrow. I'll ask God tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes because we always push it off to tomorrow. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards when he ended, he was hungry. Of course, his physical body was hungry. But he was so built up spiritually, he didn't worry about food. He didn't worry about his physical body because his spirit, man, was so strong and so built up by the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life that when Satan did come, he said, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to bread. But Jesus answered him, said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but but by every word of God. So he knew exactly what to say. How did he know exactly what to say? Sure, he was Jesus. He was there when all this was written. He knew exactly what to say. How do you know what to say? By getting in the Word of God, just as, as Daddy said this morning. By, by reading the Word of God. You're not going to know how to combat the devil and the temptations that come your way if you don't get in the Word of God and read the Word of God and know what it says. If you can't, I can't think of that verse. Guess what? Google on this phone. Remember, it's more than just Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube. It's more than that. So I can go in here and I can type... What did Jesus say here? And you know what Google's going to tell me? It's going to bring me up a verse. It's going to let me know that verse. We've got the power right here in our fingertips to use. And then we can go here and we can study more. And then we can go back to here and look up commentary on it and study more. There's no excuse for us not to know the Word of God. The only excuse is us because we don't want to know it. I had a, talking, I had a chance last night to... To talk with the, the guy from Charter, young guy, I say 35. And, and so we, we was talking about different things. And I ended up asking him because we got to talking about church and heaven and things. And I asked him, I said, so what would, you know, what would you say if you stood before Jesus? If you'd done this, you know, when your life ended. And, and he gave me some off-the-wall thing about he gave, he would have told God he gave him, he gave him three kids. I'm like, well, that ain't going to get you in, buddy. I'm sorry. It's like we said earlier, because he says he brought something up about the Koran and Muslims and stuff, and nothing bad, but I said the difference between their religion and what they believe and what we believe, I didn't have to do anything to earn my salvation. It's not a works-based thing. Jesus took it all. I said, so So there's a difference there. I said, so... Um. You know, we got a chance to talk, and I, you know, I just encouraged him to put God first in his life. Well, of course, excuses came. Well, I can't because I work so much. I can't because of this. You know, I can't go to church because of this. I know I need to. He said, he's been saved twice. And I was like, well, that's good. You should know. You know, we do what we want to do. And I, t- I commended him. I said, it's good that you work and provide for your family. That's great. I said, but at the end of the day, it means nothing if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It means nothing. Just as it means nothing if we go into this time, into this time next year, and we're still living the same life as we ended this year with. 
If we're still doing the exact same thing, exact same sins, okay to sleep, okay to do, okay whatever's going on at the end of 2023, if we carry that into 24, guess what? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I've said it before. If you're good and you're sin, then one, you're either so far away from God that you don't want to get out of your sin, or what I'm doing up here ain't helping none at all. So if you're here this morning, you're comfortable in the lifestyle that you're in and the sin that's in your life and don't want to get rid of it, then you really need to be at the altar praying because that's where those we sung about the chain breaker this morning. That's the only one that can break the chains of your life. That's the only one that can change you and the thoughts in your mind and the sin that you're living in is if you come and you ask God to take these things away and you get, you rise up from that and then you live different today, tomorrow as you did today. And it's not easy. I told the boy last night. I said, man, I'm telling you, if Christianity was easy, then everybody would be doing it. Everybody. But they're not. Why? Because it's not easy. It's not easy, but we're called to do it. You're the one that surrendered your life to God, and then you blame God for all the stuff that's going on. No, you surrendered your life to Him. That means you said, hey, God, take this, and I'll take my life, fill me up. But then we do that, and then bad things happen, we blame God for it. We blame God for the bad things happening because they're not all good in our life. Again, nowhere does it say in the Word of God that everything's going to be good all the time. Nowhere. Not all the time. It does say every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. But we blame God for the bad things that happen in our life and barely give Him praise and glory for the good things that happen. All right. Let's get back online. I'll say as I've heard my whole life, that didn't cost you any extra. I'll try not to... Well, you know what? It's the last Sunday of the year. Let's see how long we can go, right? <laughs> nope. You can. You ain't going to do no good. If you get tired of sitting, there's coffee in the back. You can get up and walk around. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. I've been to plenty of, of classes to where I'm sitting there and listening, and I have to get up from my seat and just stand in the back for a minute. I know how it is. Trust me. I'll try to be loud enough and involve y'all enough to where... Everybody stays awake, everybody's happy, and we ain't worried about the time on the wall or on your watch or on your phone or whatever it is, all right? Amen. All right. Let's get back where we are at. Prayer. Prayer. We all should know how to pray. We all should know how to pray. As I said earlier, prayer is more than a blessing. Prayer is more than, than just, um, hey, God, I need you right now. It can be that, but it's more than that. So we're going to get we're going to simplify it this morning and go back to the basics of prayer and what Jesus said and modeled for us how to pray. We all should know that, but some of us don't. Some of us don't realize it. And some of us don't understand it. So in in Matthew chapter six this morning, turn there. And I got my papers all messed up. Y'all have to give me just a second. It printed off more than what it should have, and I don't know what it was doing. I don't even have them all on here. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Jesus, with the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to him about prayer. And we're going to read this in prayer, and it also goes into fasting and how we should fast and, and what we shouldn't do to fast. So, 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, When you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard of their many words. Therefore, do not, do not be like them, for your Father in heaven knows the things you need before you ask. All right, get that. He knows what you need before you ask. He didn't say, I know what you want before you ask. I'm going to give you your wants. He said, I know what you're in need of, so I want to give you what you need. And your need, your wants will change when he gives you what you need in your life. Amen. All right? So, verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. He's not your bro. He's not your homie. He's not your just, just, just some big guy in the sky. He's not the man upstairs. He says to be holy. He said for my name, not my name, his name is to be holy. God's name is to be holy. We've lost that holiness and the, and the fear of God and the holiness of God in the body of Christ today and in our lives to where we think, well, we can just go to the man upstairs and understand. No, it's more than the man upstairs. He is God Almighty. He is the one that created all of this for us. He's the one that gives you the opportunity to breathe every morning and open your eyes. He, he's the one that, that, that set everything into place, that made the day day and the night night and the animals and created man in his image and in his likeness. Breathed the breath of life in him and, and created him. Created us for this time on January on December 31st, 2023. He created you for this time. So if he done that, then he's more than just my bro or my homie or my or my just all this with the little hippie Jesus that we like to talk about. He's more than that. No, he is God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's more than anything we could fathom in our life. We need to give him the honor and the respect that he deserves for being the God that he is and reverence him. And praise His holy name because He's the only one worthy of praise. That's why I said, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. No other can compare to your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done. Not what I want. I told the boy last night, if I didn't die to my flesh daily, I would not be up here this morning. I, me and Gabby would be off doing what we wanted to do. Doing whatever of my flesh desires. My flesh desires. What I want to do. We all fall into that. Jesus said, no, your kingdom come, your will be done. These 21 days we're going into, your will has got to be broken out of your life. What you want has to be done away with in your life. It needs to start today. December 31st, before you get there, that will needs to be gone of what you want in your life. If we're going to pray as Jesus told us to pray and go before God in prayer and say, God, you're holy. Holy is your name. I bless your name. I worship and I praise and I magnify your holy name. And I thank you for how holy and wonderful you are. That's how we go to God in prayer and praise and worship. God, God forgive me of my sins. Forgive me what I've done wrong. Take my will and do away with it. 
Jesus had to pray that prayer. We know three times before he went to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done. If Jesus, the Son of God, had to pray it just those three times before he went to the cross and still died for us, that means i got to pray it 3,000 times a day, seems like. Why? Because I don't want my will to, and my flesh to overcome what God wants to do in my life. And you shouldn't either. You shouldn't settle for what's going on in your life. You shouldn't settle for those things. You should pray and ask God, God, show me where I need to change. Show me how to change. Show me what I need to do away with to where your will can show forth in my life, just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today, God, give me today what I need for today. Why? Because I can't, rule, I can't worry about tomorrow right now. I need your presence today. I need it right now. So I can't say, I can't wake up in the morning and say, God, hey, be with me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday until I'm back Sunday. doesn't work that way. Give me today what I need today. What you need today is the Word of God in your life. What you need tomorrow is the Word of God in your life. What you need Tuesday is the Word of God in your life. Wednesday, the same thing. You need the Word of God, the presence of God, the power of God. And so every day when you leave, when you get up, you say, God, give me today what you have for me today. Give me today what I need today. And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sinned against us. Forgive us of our sins. Why? Because Jesus says numerous times, if we do not forgive others that have done us wrong and have sinned against us, then why do we think that our Heavenly Father is going to forgive us? You say, well, you don't know. I don't care. God doesn't care what they've done to you. He said, forgive them. God doesn't care what took place 20 years ago that you're still holding on to or 20 minutes ago that you're still holding on to. He said, forgive them. Why? But so your Heavenly Father can forgive you of your sins and trespasses. That's how that works. You say, well, God ain't forgive me of my sins. What are you hanging on to to where He can't forgive you your sins? What are you holding on to in your life? Is it disobedience? Is it hate? Is it anger? Is it malice? Strife? Whatever it is. What are you holding on to? Forgive others so you can be forgiven. We want God to forgive us, but we don't want to share that to anybody else. We just want, hey, what I want. Because it's easy to ask God forgiveness because we can't see Him. Right? We all know how difficult it is to look the person across from us, that spouse, whatever it is, co-worker, whatever we've done wrong or that they've wronged us, we're holding something against them. It's not easy to look them and say, hey, I need you to forgive me. Why? Because we see them. We can interact with them. We, well, it's easy to ask God forgiveness. Hey, God, forgive me for that. That's not repentance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not repentance. God, I'm sorry for what I've done yesterday. Forgive me for that. That's a start. A start. But I don't believe that's true repentance. Why? Because you just said it to appease yourself. It's like your kids. It's like my kids when they were at home. They wasn't really sorry that they'd done it. or were, They were just sorry they got caught. All you teenagers know what I'm talking about. You're not really sorry that you do it. You're just sorry you got caught doing it. I got caught doing a lot of stuff. I wasn't smart in what I'd done. i get caught all the time. So forgive others. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So all of our prayers go back to God. We're in there. 
We need help. That's why we pray. But prayer is more than just a grocery list or a a complaint list or all this stuff that we send up to God every day. It's more than that. It's got to be more than that in our life. We should be praying every day, every day, for forgiveness and repentance in our life. And when we truly mean that we repent from something, we take what direction we're going in and we go completely different. And we don't go back to it. We don't go back to that area in our life. That's repentance. That's more than just I'm sorry. That's repentance. And so, we, we, we need to pray for that each and every day. We need to pray for, for, for wisdom and strength. You, say, you know, if, people, if you don't know what to pray for, I'm giving you things to pray for. If you don't know who to pray for, you can pray for me every day. I promise I need it. If you ain't got anybody else to pray for, I don't know who to pray for, pray for Pastor Mark. Pray for Victor Fellowship Church. And, and you know, I'll, I'll take it. I don't care who prays it. We pray for, for wisdom and understanding as we walk through this life as we, and to do what we need to do. If you're married, you need to be praying every day for your spouse. If you're not married, you need to be praying for yourself until you find a spouse. And don't don't pray for your spouse that they'll quit being stupid and quit doing dumb things. No, you pray for them that that God builds them up and God lifts them up and that your relationship become closer and and more stronger together but with Him as as Him at the helm. That's what you pray for. If, If you're not married, if you're a teenager living at home, you need to pray for your parents. You need to pray for your parents. You need to pray for them that they have the wisdom and strength and understanding to raise your sorry tale. You say, I'm not that bad. You're not a parent either. No, you need, to, you need to pray for them that they can have understanding and wisdom of how to raise you. And then you need to pray for yourself, young people, that you can be the best child at home that you need to be and in line with God and get in His Word and not not worry about the things of this world and concentrate yourself to Him to where you don't go the ways that your parents did as they was growing up. To where you don't have to deal and do the stupid things that we've done as we was growing up. Why? So you can be who God called you to be at a young age. At a young age and start now. I know it ain't cool. It ain't the great thing to do. But guess what? Going to hell ain't cool either. Alright, there's nothing about hell that's cool. Even the name of it, we know hell, we, we associate with fire. It, it always gets me to be on job sites, or to be at work, and it's cold outside. If I was at work this morning, boy, it's cold as, like, what? How can it be cold as, excuse me, it's cold as hell. I'll just put it out there. Everybody ever heard that when it's cold? Like, no, it's not. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. It wasn't in my notes, I promise. I didn't write that down. Y'all try to be up here sometimes and keep your head straight. All right? It, just, it don't work. Go off on tangent. Gabby's looking at me like, what are you doing? I don't know. Do what? It's, <laughs> it ain't got to do with hell, Ginger. All right? I hope in your heaven, when you get to heaven, there is green carpet in your mansion is what I hope what I'm going to start praying for. <laughs> and it's this color green, God, make it happen. Right. That ain't, ain't going. I ain't praying for that. God ain't listening to that junk. All right. 
<laughs> All right, so be praying for yourself. Then, children, hey, guess who else you need to be praying for besides your parents? You need to be praying for your teachers at school because they got to put up with you eight hours a day. All right? They got to try to teach you something while you're on your phone and you're doing everything else and not worried about listening. They got to, you need to pray for them. Just as adults need to pray for our bosses and those in authority over us, whether we like them or not, talking about our local government, our, our state government, our national government, whether we agree and line up with their politics or not, guess what? You're called to pray for them, adults. We're called to pray for them. We're called to lift them up. And so these are things you can pray for in these next 21 days in your life. If you don't get anything to pray for, then some, there's some stuff in that list back there also in that handout. So take that. Pray for the church. Pray for this church and specifically. If you call this church your home, pray for this church. Pray for the leadership. Pray for, pray for every aspect of this church. Why? So when we come in here on Sundays and on Wednesdays to read His Word and learn from it and, and, and corporate worship with each other, we come in here like this, then guess what? It can be the Holy Spirit can move. He can flow as He wants to. Why? Because we're all in tune and in line with the Word of God. We've all spent time during the week actually doing something else besides sitting there and not worried about what's going on until we get here on Sunday morning. We've all took part in it. And that's what we're called to do as a body of Christ. Don't just pray for this church. Pray for the community of churches in this area. Because the same Holy Spirit that's here needs to work and flow in your life needs to work over there at the Baptist church and the Methodist church and, and Pine Street and, and wherever else. The Church of Christ, all of them. They need to work. In, the same Holy Spirit works everywhere. If we don't just corner him here in these four walls and they corner a little piece over there, no, it's the same Holy Spirit that needs to work corporately through the body of Christ as he's called us to. Amen. All right. So with prayer and we call in the fasting. We need to fast. We, can, we, we need this time of fasting in our life. It's like Daddy was saying earlier, we're getting into days and we've been in days, but it's going to, we, we know as we go forward and, and the days go on that it's going to be more wicked. And so that means you need to, build, to be built up more spiritually now than you ever have. You need to be more aware and more in tune with the Holy Spirit in your life than you ever have. Why? So you can see the things coming. So you can understand and discern between what's right and what's wrong biblically and spiritually in your life to where you can see these things and people talking and they, they, it sounds good. It sounds, sounds pretty. It sounds easy that way, but is it right? Is it right? So that's what we need. One thing that the fasting is going to bring, because Jesus in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, he says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, and they may appear to be men... They may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So again, don't be during this time of these next 21 days just all like, oh, another day of fasting. Everybody look at me. I'm, I'm, you know, don't be that way. It's not about that. It's not about you getting built up by somebody else. Oh, you're fasting. Good job, brother. Good job, sister. Look at how spiritual you are. No, it's not about that. It's about you being alone with God in time of prayer and His Word. And when you're fasting one thing, don't pull up another thing besides the Word of God. That's what we do when we fast. 
Don't pull up anything else besides prayer with God. Don't do anything like that. But be in line with God. Because he says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. This is prayer in that secret place. Your Father sees you in secret will reward you openly. So just as we talked this morning, just as he said, Dad said already, you know, as... as Daniel set his face and fasted for those 21 days and, and got told, the angel told him, your prayer was already heard. Well, guess what? When we go to God and we set our face to Him and we turn and look to Him, then your prayer is being heard. Your prayer is being heard. Whatever it is that you need prayer and help for in your life is being heard. And so it should be a time of excitement. This would be a time when we go into the starting 2024, a time of excitement in your life. Spiritually, a time of excitement. Just as you come in here, you should be excited every Sunday when you come in here. You should be excited every time you get a chance to open the Word of God and read it. And get a chance to, to spend time with God alone in prayer. You should be excited for that. Not think, oh, I'm going to go read the Bible for a little bit. I guess I need to go pray. I guess I need to go pray. What kind of attitude is that to go before our Heavenly Father? I mean, trust me, I've been there, all right? I've been there. I guess I need to go study a little bit for Sunday. I guess No, that's not our attitude we should be at all. It should be, I get to go before my Almighty Maker in prayer. I get to have a relationship with Him. I get to read the Word of God. I get to read the living Word of God that these words Jesus said, the ones all in red that He said, this is Jesus speaking to us. This is Jesus speaking to us. All of it. So as we do this secretly, He's going to answer prayers openly. He's going to bless us openly. Not so. And then when, when that happens in your life, when those things happen, it's not so you can receive any honor or praise for it. And you say, when somebody says something, well, I see this, this, and this. You say, nope, all honor, glory, and praise goes to God because that's what He's done. That's what we need to get. Our attitude needs to line up and be there. Again, this is not talking about a diet plan. It's a physical fast from things that are hindering us spiritually. It's what we do when we, we, we're drawing closer to God. Let me read this in the commentary that I found. It says, what is fasting all about? Many of us have either rarely or, or never participated in a fast and have questions about what fasting involves. Why is it important? Why, while Jesus never, he never commanded us to fast, did he? He didn't. He said, when you, when you fast, do these things. He said he clearly expected his followers to fast. We just read in Matthew six sixteen. And fasting is a vital part of the early church in Acts chapter 13 and verse 2 and 3. I should have that up there, Donna. Get my guys. I've challenged them this morning to be more attentive. Is Acts 13 up there? Hey, there we go. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said. So as they ministered, as they prayed, and as they fasted, then they heard from the Holy Spirit, didn't they? Why? Because they were in tune with the Holy Spirit. Now separate me, Paul and Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. Next verse. Oh, my bad. That was on me. I can't blame them for that one because I put that one in. 
I put that one in. So we'll just turn my Bible over here and read it. Then having fasted and prayed, again, they fasted and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit spoke. They fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and sent them away, right? So what, what happened? There was fasting and prayer involved. There was prayer and fasting involved. One, not one without the other. So let's read on right here. The fundamental purpose of fasting, we said to draw close to God. This is the same thing it says to seek God. Jesus warned against improper motives for fasting. And we would, would do what we would do well to remember that success in prayer, being filled with spiritual insight or power, or even physical benefits, are not the reason why we fast. We fast because we want God. You fast because you want God in your life. You fast because you want more of Him in your life. You want more of the Holy Spirit in your life. You want to be free to do more in your life through Jesus and what He's done for us. We fast because we want God. It's an essential expression of our hunger for God. We're praying, asking God for revival to awaken us. Listen, fasting is an intentional decision to abstain from the nourishment of this world. So you intentionally decide, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to have this. I'm going to spend this time with God. In order to feast on the nourishment of God alone. We are feasting on the Word of God. When we fast, we truly feast on God's Word and God's presence in a way that reminds us of His sufficiency and satisfaction. Fasting also reveals to us the desires that control us. We all have desires that control us. There's not a one in here I wouldn't think that would say, well, there's things that control my life more than the Word of God, more than the will of God in my life. There's things that that I do that, as like Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't do. We all have those areas in our life, big or small. But a little disobedience is just still disobedience. Fasting reveals us the desires that control us. We have a tendency to cover up what's in our hearts with food and other good things. Anybody ever covered up depression, anxiety with food, things you're going through in their personal life with more food? And more things that it's not the Word of God. We don't cover up or actually do anything about what's going on in our life by getting in the Word of God a lot of times. No, we mask it with what feeds our flesh more. So we don't think about it. Why people, people are drunks all the time because they don't, they don't want to live in reality. They know that when they're drunk or when they're on their pills or whatever's affecting their mind that they don't have to worry about anything else. They can just live in their own little world. And so they get to a point where it just controls them. And that's all they do. And they don't never see anything because they're covering it up all the time. We fast, we bring those things, we bring them to the surface. God uncovers our pride. He exposes our self-sufficiency. He reveals many areas of our life where we have compromised our relationship with Him. These things that are going to come out as you determine to do that. And you're going to say, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, help me here. Oh God, forgive me of this. And then we know where we need to change when we make those changes. He also brings a lot of dependency on His presence, His power to accomplish His purpose in our lives. Do I have John 4, 31 through 34 in there? All right. I think I put all those verses. 
In the meantime, his disciples saying, Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So his food, Jesus was talking about, was not physical at all. It was spiritual. Why? Because he didn't need. He knew he spent 40 days without food. He didn't need physical nourishment. He knew that nourishment would come, that God would give him the nourishment that he needed in his physical life. But it would come in a spiritual form also. His spirit would be lifted, would be built up. So his power to accomplish his purpose in our life. We need his presence. We need his power. We need it flowing through us, in us, out of us, radiating all around us. Why? So the world can see, hey, they're different than I am. What's going on in their life? What's, what's, what's different about them? They don't let these things in the world bother them like I'm letting them bother me. What's going on? It's the Spirit of God built up in my life, but big enough to where I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to dwell on these things. Why? So I can give them all to God. Will they not be there just the same as they are the others? Yes. Because just as the book of Hebrews says that Jesus, the same Jesus that we just read here, said that he was tempted in all points as we are. What, but what? Yet without sin, right? Yet without sin. So what's keeping you this morning from being where you need to be in your relationship with God? What's keeping you there? What's keeping you from being different to go into 2024 than you are right now? Remember, we said change is not easy. A lot of us don't like change. We don't like to do those things. But when we deny ourselves our fleshly desires and what we want, that's change in our life. We've all had addictions, or I'm sure adults have. Your children, I hope you haven't had to deal with addictions right now. Teenagers. But addictions in your life, whether it be alcohol, whatever it was, drugs, pills, tobacco, whatever it is, that's not easy to quit, is it? It's not easy to change from. Because why? Because our flesh doesn't want to. Our flesh has done got so used to it that it wants more of it. Well, when our spirit gets so used to not being around any word, and around the Word of God and, and in the, God's presence, then it doesn't, it doesn't know what it, it, it longs for. It. David said, as the deer pants for the water. As the deer pants for the water. This is where we need to be. So my soul longs for you. So as the deer pants for the water, as, as we want nourishment in our life, our spirit man saying, hey, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. This is what needs to be nourished first in your physical body later. This is what needs to be nourished first. So don't stop letting things in your life that are hindering you keep you from where you need to be with God. Stop, stop doing those things and stop, stop worrying about those things. As we get ready here in the next little bit after, before we leave today to take this communion. This is physical. We're, we're taking bread or crackers and that grape juice and we're, we're actually physically doing something. But it means so much more spiritually in our life. I'm telling you, I'll tell you now as we close, for you to take this 
you're partaking in what Jesus did with his disciples. When he said, take this body, eat. Take this cup and, or take this cracker as my body broken for you. And, and take, this, take this cup as, as, as my blood that was shed for you. If Jesus is not Lord of your life this morning, if you're living for yourself and not for him, then I'm sorry, then you can't take this this morning. Why? Because you've not accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You say, well, that's hard. That's harsh. I'm given the opportunity now to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Why would you, if you're taking communion and Jesus is Lord of your life, you need to be make sure that you're right with God and right standing with Him because you're doing more than taking crackers and eating and drinking, excuse me, drinking juice and eating crackers. It's more than that. You're saying, God, I'm with you 100% all the way. I'm in communion with you. I'm one with you this morning. So stand with me. Stand with me as we close. I want everybody in here to partake of this this morning. I want us all to partake and, and be in communion with Him. But there's things in our life that we need to take care of first. There's things in our life that, that we've built up and, and there's walls there and there's things going on that, that we need to ask God to forgive us for. That you need to ask God to forgive you for. So right now, Take this moment. If you need prayer, for, if you need to ask God to, to come into your life and be Lord of your life, then, then we can do that. We can come here. We can pray with you right wherever you're at. If you've fallen away from Him and walked away in your relationship with Him, then, then we can pray that you can ask God forgiveness and, and come back into your life fully and be right standing with Him where you need to be. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, and you know that, I just ask you to raise your hand right now. You'll not be making a New Year's resolution. You'll be making a New Year's statement that I know that Jesus is Lord of my life. That I know that He is my Savior and my King, and that when I leave this world, I'm going to heaven. Anybody right now? you're here and you say well I, I, I know that I've asked Jesus into my heart but I've walked away in my relationship with him I've let this world and the things of this world fully take hold of my life again I just ask you to raise your hand this morning I'm not going to call you out if you know you're not in right standing with God amen 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 right now you can be Today you can be back in right relationship with Him. How? Because you ask forgiveness and you're repenting of your sins. That's how you do it. In just a minute, we're going, we're going to say a prayer. And we're going to ask God, and we're all going to pray it. And you ask God to forgive you of what's holding you back in your life. You ask God to forgive you and to show you where you need to change in your life. Well, you can start right now, right now with that change. Right now with a decision and determination that I'm not going to be who I was when I come through those doors.
Well, let's pray. Y'all say this with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank You and praise You right now. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus, and what He done for me. I ask You right now to, for, to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for putting my will in front of Yours. And I thank You right now for Your forgiveness in my life. For You working and You're moving in my life. And I know right now when I leave here that I am in right standing with You. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning, give God praise. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer for anything else this morning, healing, whatever it is in your life, we'd love to pray with you. And as the Word of God says, you know, speak and and pray faith and, and healing over you right now.
Praise God for what He's done. You know, the same night that Jesus was portrayed, they met up in that upper room, didn't they? For that last supper with His disciples. And He told them, even though He knew there was one there that was going to betray Him, that was going to give Him up, that that said, I'll, I'll go with you anywhere, but didn't. But Jesus said, he said, this, this bread, he said, this is my body broken for you. Just as I told the guy last night, he did this so I could be have salvation, so you could have salvation, so you could come into one and, and call God your father and go to him and say, Abba, Father. And be heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus. That's why Jesus done this. And so when we do this, when we take this, we're remembering the body that was broken for us. The, the stripes that He took on His back. The, the, the cross that He carried up the hill. To that place of the skull. And then nailed on the tree and hung there till He died. His physical body died. But through all of that, what did He say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And He did all of this for us. So he said, take, He says, we, as you do this, do this in remembrance of Me and take this bread as My body broken for you. So this morning, take this bread and eat in remembrance of what Jesus done for us. And then he held the cup. He said, this represents the blood that was shed. The redemption of our sins was in the blood that was shed on the cross. That he shed for us that flows, and we call it the hill, on that hill of Calvary, right? And, and we, we, we know that the physical blood that ran down there, and we sing about it, that, that blood that was red washed our sins white. Where he said... It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter. He said, look, you're innocent now. You're free. You're guilt-free in my sight. Why? Because you are in right standing with God the Father. You've asked forgiveness. And he said, all these charges against you that should send us, each and every one of us, to hell for what we've done in our life. Because none of us could do anything to earn salvation. It's because of Jesus that grace and mercy and can be here today that we can come and celebrate this His blood that was shed for us for the forgiveness and the redemption of sins of all mankind. So remember that today as we drink this cup, that we're drinking the cup that Jesus said here, drink, this is my blood shed for you so we can be here today and know that we're forgiven of our sins, that we're redeemed, that we're called of His and we're His children and, and He loves us. Amen. Amen. So take this cup and drink. Oh, thank you, Father. Just take a second. Stand this morning and thank God for what He's done. Thank God for Jesus. Let's stand this morning and give God praise and glory right now. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what You've done for us. For what Jesus done for us. For salvation on the cross. For the finished work of Christ. Thank You right now. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Heavenly Father, again, we thank You for this time together. That we can come and we can take these elements of communion this morning. And that, that we did it knowing, Father, that we're redeemed, that we're whole. All because of what Jesus done, that body being broken. And, and Father, the blood being shed for us. We thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. Again, I just pray your blessings on each and every one here as we go in, as we end 2023 and go into 2024. Father, that we go with a determination that we are going to live a life dedicated solely to you. We're going to get rid of our own will and watch your will show forth in our life. And we thank you for it, for a good and prosperous 2024 for each and every one. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well.